This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hey listeners, it's Sonny Megatron, and welcome to episode 61 of American Sex Podcast. And you notice someone isn't talking again. I know, Ken's not here. If you haven't been listening the last few weeks, Ken's been in LA for the last month and a half working on a movie, and the last couple of weeks he's been so busy working hard and bringing home the bacon that I have been on the mic solo and I really, really miss him. So Ken, if you're driving in the production van right now, listening to this week's episode, I love you, Smokey. And I'm really extra sad that you're not here right now because something just came in the mail to our P.O. box that I've been waiting for my very first bidet. I got bidets for days. Yeah. So a bidet, you know what that is, right? It's the thing that um, shoots water at your bits after you go to the bathroom. It shoots it from the toilet and it cleans you so you don't have to wipe. I mean, I don't think you have to. I don't know if you have to wipe because I've never used a bidet in my life, but I'm super excited and super sad that Ken isn't here to share it with me. So this bidet is from Bio Bidet. It's called the Slim Edge. And I have been wanting one of these things for years. And I got to tell you, I'm excited for two reasons. One, I don't know about you, but I have this pet peeve when I get out of the shower and I'm nice and clean. And then suddenly it hits me and I have to poop. And I'm like, God, damn, why? Now I want to get back in the shower. I just cleaned everything down there. So I'm hoping the bidet will save me from those moments. But secondly, uh, sexy time. So I'm a sexuality educator. And I of all people know not to be embarrassed of my genitals and genitals have a certain smell. And I know that the, you know, the fragrance industry sell us all this stuff that we don't need. But I know also, if I know I'm going to have one of those nights where like, we're really going downtown, like having a I want to be freshly showered. I just, it's just a personal preference. And I got curly hair. I got all this, you know, it's like by the time I take a shower and go through all that bullshit, I'm so damn tired. I don't want to have sex. So if I got my bidet, Ken, I'm going to be ready all the time. All the time. I'm going to have snacks for you to munch on. So be ready. Listeners, I'm going to report back, maybe not quite so much on the snacks, but just on the bidet in general. I'm going to wait till Ken gets home. We're going to hook it up. We're going to try it together. Not literally together. You know, maybe I'll watch him and he'll watch it. I don't know. Um, but we'll report back in a few weeks and let you know how you like it. If you want to check it out, you can go to bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Sunny Slim Edge. Check it out. The Bio Bidet Slim Edge. Yeah, 59 bucks and free shipping. There you go. Awesome. So this week's guest, 
I'm super excited about. I don't, I have no idea if she's a fan of bidets. I should have asked, um, but I, I bet she is. She's pretty cool. She's Amy Jo Goddard, the author of Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And she's the co-author of the best-selling classic, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men. She's got a master's in human sexuality education from New York University, and she has been teaching and speaking about feminism and sexuality for over 20 years. She recently gave a TED Talk called Owning Your Sexual Power, which is really damn cool. She facilitates sexual empowerment programs, including her annual Firewoman Retreat, and she trains sexual empowerment coaches and educators. She also works with companies to create workplace cultures that honor consent, equality, stellar communication, and collaborative leadership. And she's got a new documentary coming out soon. So keep your eyes out on this. It's called At Your Cervix. It examines patient consent and bodily autonomy in gynecology and medical education. Long story short, in many states in the United States, it is perfectly legal for medical students if they put you under anesthesia for some unrelated non-gynecological thing to just give you a quick little, you know, let the students go in there and give you a gynecological exam and practice on you while you're asleep and you haven't consented to it. And you are all like horrified right now. Like, oh, they can't do that. They actually do. And Amy Jo has been fighting against this for years. So watch for her documentary coming out. I'm really excited about it. But what I'm more excited about, or at least that's more timely right now, is the interview that we're about to hear. Amy Jo and I sat down just a couple of days ago for this much needed conversation. I needed this after the week I've had, the week the country's had, shit, after the what last two or three years <laughs> the country's had. We're on a really funky place right now, right? Women especially, but really all of us, you know, with an emphasis on survivors of sexual assault, no matter their gender. Now, listeners, the interview you're about to hear is between Amy Jo and myself. We talked about healing. You know, together we processed what's going on right now and we look toward the future. We talked about what all of our roles are in what's going on right now. Men, women, those not on the binary survivors, those that have violated consent in the past, which is actually all of us, allies, et cetera, everyone. This is a well-timed therapeutic conversation for me, and I bet it will be for you too. And just a quick note on content. Yeah, a good chunk of this episode, we do talk about the cultural and social effects from sexual assault. And we bring up the Kavanaugh thing, but what we don't cover are specific details of specific assault stories. Although I've been up to my ears with this whole conversation the last couple of weeks, I found this particular conversation really refreshing and different because it takes a different spin than a lot of what we've been hearing. But you know what? That's me, not you. I trust you to know yourself and what you need right now. So if even that feels a little too funky for you at the moment, that's cool. You can come back to this episode another time. I totally get it. Oh, and really quick, um, we talk about Amy's Firewoman Retreat at, towards the end of the interview. It's October 12th through 14th in San Diego. And Amy Jo has extended $75 off that retreat for our listeners. So you just use the code I'm on fire 2018 2018 when you get your tickets at firewomanretreat.com. And of course, I'm going to have that code and that link in our show notes at American Sex podcast.com. Oh, so before we get to the interview, a couple quick things. One, I got to tell you what time it is, right? 
It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. It's always a slightly different tune and key. We have to like get it down. Is anyone a musician out there? Can you make me a little jingle? I'll even sing to it. Just tell me what notes to sing because they're different every damn time. But big welcome and heartfelt appreciation to our newest Patreon family member Kunal, who joined this past week. American Sex Podcast Patreon members get bonus stories from our guests, extra episodes, random surprises in the mail, and a whole lot more. It's all at patreon.com slash American Sex. And I'm really super excited and have some good news for October Patreon members. The stickers are finally coming. Yes, they are. If you are a Patreon member during the month of October, that means you joined during October or you've been one all along, you're going to get American Sex Podcast stickers sent to you in the mail. And for two people, hmm, two of you random Patreon people, not only are you going to get those stickers, I'm going to send you a pleasure products surprise package too. So in our prize closet, we have all sorts of things, you know, BDSM gear, vibrators, insertables, lubes, etc. And I'm going to pick out a couple of things special for you and send them to you along with your stickers. So for two of you, I hope that's you. Again, hop on over to patreon.com slash American sex to get in on this. Oh, and also, Every month anyway, we give away pleasure products to our listeners. We're just kicking off the American Sex Podcast October giveaway. Castle Megastore has provided us with a Love Ends Edge prostate massager valued at $119 for a lucky winner. Like all the other Love Ends products, this thing is awesome. It is controllable via Bluetooth app from anywhere in the world with a smartphone. I just played with one last night. I was the controller and I was making my control E to totally squirm. And it's re- this thing is really, really, really cool. You want it. And I hope you win it. Just go to sunnymegatron.com slash edge, E-D-G-E. And as always, you can get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code sunny, S-U-N-N-Y at checkout. Oh, and one last thing before we go. Our friend, BDSM instructor extraordinaire and episode 42 guest Midori. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to. It is one of our most highly listened to episode. Everyone loves it. It changed their lives. They speak in tongues afterwards. They have the best sex ever. Seriously, go listen now. But Midori is offering another Forte Femme Women's Dominance Weekend Intensive in New York the last weekend in October. She's extended a $250 off discount for American Sex Podcast listeners. Yeah, I said that right. $250 off. Use the code SUNNY18, S-U-N-N-Y-1-8, at FortFM.com when you get your tickets. And as always, that link and code and every other link and code that we mention in this entire episode are in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com, episode 61. All right, you ready? On with our interview with Amy Jo Goddard. On the line this week, I have Amy Jo Goddard. Hi, Amy Jo. Hey. Hey. How are you doing? Good ish. <laughs> so you and I briefly chatted before we hit the record button, and it w- it was kind of like the same conversation. How you doing? Like, eh. Yeah. So for the listeners listening, which all the listeners are listening, and if you're not listening, psh, pay attention. We're talking yeah, about hey, something important. No multitasking. Exactly. 
<laughs> um, so we are recording this on Thursday. What is it? The 27th of September. And today is the day that Dr. Ford is, you know, the whole Kavanaugh thing is happening. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ford has, has spoke. I haven't watched it. I can't bring myself to watch it. Um, but you and I were talking that even though we have our own shit to do and we're working and, you know, we're living our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like, really shell-shocked today, even though I'm trying to stay away from it, I can't. Yeah. It's a train wreck that we all want to watch, right? It, it, it is. And and social yeah. media and, you know, yeah. and, and as I'm listening to my friends talking, and this is over the last, you know, especially the last week or two when this has come up. And granted, it's been coming in waves for a long time with me too. And, you know, everything, everything's just coming mm-hmm. to a head. But, you know, people are disclosing about their assaults and there's a lot of really raw stuff. I'm finding a lot of people who are like, I thought I was okay or I thought I had, you know, put this in a in a back shelf in my mind somewhere. It's all coming up and it's really raw. Yeah. So yeah. Co- collectively, women are having a hard time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been such a year, you know, um, I did my firewoman retreat last October at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the month. And then me too broke a couple of weeks later. And oh. here we are, it's like been almost a year and here we are with the Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford hearings, uh, today, you know, I mean, I was riveted. I couldn't stop watching while she was on. I lit a candle for her. I wanted to really respect that, time and what she was doing. And, um, and then I had a lot of meetings and I like just had lunch and I dipped in to see like what's going on with, you know, with his, and I just see this guy like whining and all of these senators in like the most, you know, ostentatious political theater, mm-hmm. um, at the cost of, of women, you know, basically again, showing us how little they care about women. And really lacking any kind of uh, compassion or empathy or understanding of what it means for a woman to come forward this way and what it means for all of us to be witnessing this. And so many people are being, you know, re-triggered, re-traumatized, a lot of PTSD symptoms that are very real coming up for people. And, um, you know, you could visibly see how emotional it was for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think anyone in their right mind who has any idea about like the human condition and psychology would look and listen to her testimony and think that she was making it up. She's not making it up. Right. Um, So, you know, it's been really disheartening to hear what's been happening to her to see some of the things people are writing, how angry some people are. I've gotten letters, people angry. You know, I sent out an email. I send out love letters on Fridays and I sent one out last week that I titled, I believe Christine Blasey Ford. And, um, you know, and I remember Anita Hill. I, you probably yeah, do too. I do. Yeah. Cause we're similar in age. Yeah. This yeah, is very yep. reminiscent of Anita oh Hill. And I think about, yep. and I, that was what in the early nineties, like 90, that was 1991. Yeah. 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 I was in college. I yeah. remember it very vividly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were riveted in the same way. Yeah. And here we are again. And what has changed really? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, she even got, they they at least did an FBI investigation then. They're not even doing that now. 
You right. know, it's like, this is how you treat survivors. Yeah. And them focusing on, you know, why did you wait so long? There's so many reasons why women wait, you know, all that, the hashtags that are flying around and, um, you know, it's like 800,000 people have written with what's the hashtag about, um, oh, why I didn't, report why I, why I, yeah. Why, oh, I wish I would know. Is it yeah. why I didn't report? Yeah. Something. Yeah. I'll put it, it in the yeah, show notes. There's if, like 800,000 people have responded on that hashtag. You know, like this is not small potatoes. <laughs> this is like epidemic. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because like I've been toying personally, like, do I do my own, you know, why I didn't report hashtag? Do I not? And then part of me is like, part of it would be cathartic for me to do because I don't talk about my experiences very often in, in public. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then the other part of me is like, you know what, motherfuckers, do I really have to justify and, you know, put it out for you to scrutinize my details and go, oh, well, you're okay. We understand why you didn't report in your case. Like, right. part of me is like, why do I have to do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, And and it's an interesting time for you because you are a sexual empowerment coach that focuses on um, women and and non-binary folks. And this is really a time for you. I know over the last year or so since Me Too and even since since Trump, you know, since this administration, Mm -hmm. I know that all of our work, especially your work, has turned more political. Like what we've always done has always been political. But I think it's a lot more like it has to be a lot more in your face now, maybe than it was before. Um, Now, have you found people embracing that? Or are you feeling backlash from that? Like, how has that changed? I don't know your business and your relationship with sexual empowerment for the masses. I have always been pretty political. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about gender and sexuality and race issues and like all of those intersectional issues that come up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always have done cultural critiques of what's happening because I don't think that we can separate our own individual empowerment from what's happening in the greater culture. And we have to start, you know, if we want to empower ourselves, we, we have to have an empowered perspective and critical analysis of what's happening in our culture. So I would say that that actually is a, a, a very central part of my brand. And I, I definitely have been very vocal over the last couple of years, especially with so much that's been happening. Um, it's like we can barely catch a breath, you know, and there's yeah. like another scandal or um, issue around sexuality in the culture that's happening. And interestingly, you know, I was talking to our friend Marsha Bajinski mm-hmm. last week about how every fall there's a big one. You know, this is three autumns in a row that we are dealing with massive fallout starting with pussy grabber in 2016 so yeah it's 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 like we get through summer and we're back to business and it's like oh great like another like massive way in which you know women are being harmed disrespected you know last year me too broke with the weinstein thing and now you know we're watching this um these confirmation hearings for the supreme court so you know, it is in every part of our culture, we cannot extricate ourselves from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm, I think what I am increasingly interested in is having conversations about the tension between our own personal empowerment and individual empowerment, which is the work that I do with people, and the collective empowerment. 
Right. And which I also do because when we come together in a space and we do that work together, there is a, a way in which we uplift the whole. And I'm looking for deeper ways to do that and make mm-hmm. contributions because we need both right now. It's like, I can't send all these like super empowered on fire women out into the world. They're like, yes, now I'm ready, which does happen when they come through my programs where they're just like, Oh my God, they're like lit up and they're in their power and they're in their bodies and their desire and their pleasure in this new way. You know, I can't just like send them out into like, okay, go good luck in that world. <laughs> you know, It's like, yeah. because the world hasn't caught up. Yeah. And, and they, they don't want to, I mean, I think if anything, if these hearings make anything clear, it's how much they're not interested. Right. And so what that means is, you know, and this, this has come up with my film at your cervix too, which I know we probably won't talk too much about today. Um, Can you give us just a a quick, like brief, what is at your cervix? Like the two, three sentence thing. Yeah, it is a film dedicated to creating consensual, respectful, pain-free public exams for all. And the political piece of the film, and we've been chronicling this for the last 14 years. <laughs> it's a documentary. Wow. Um, so we went from, you know, standard deaf to high deaf in that time. And <laughs> so uh, it is almost done. It will be done this fall. And um, the film is about consent, and it's about the abuse of consent Um, and women's bodies in gynecology and medical education and the use of women's bodies while they are anesthetized for surgery in order to teach medical students. Yeah. So it is very, very, um, it's a very big deal. It's, it's, and there's a lot of pushback that comes because of it. And I think that there's a reason I brought this up and now I lost my train of thought talking about it. Why did I bring it up? We're all so freaking frazzled today. Seriously. I'm amazed we can even hold it together a little bit. And I know like, you know, when it comes to the, to at your cervix, I every once in a while post something like whether you post something and I repost it or just something Mm -hmm. along the same lines. And every single time I post that, yes, you know, women are under anesthesia and they're being examined without their people are like, what? No one believes that that could possibly be happening. Yeah. And And we get a lot of a lot of pushback. And here is what I so thank you. You bought me time. I remember. (laughs) See, we help each other. You know, I got your back. (laughs) What what has become clear, this has been going on for a long, you know, this has been going on since the beginning of gynecology and the beginning of medical education. And we chronicle that in the film. And we also chronicle what we believe to be the antidote, um, what is the antidote and what does actually exist in the culture as well, which is like real trained teachers. What I've seen in that and what I'm watching and what we're all watching with everything that's happening in the culture right now is that change is not going to happen over there because they want to be good people and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. change is only going to happen when the rest of us, when the public, when the consumers, when the constituents stand up and say, we're not going to take this and we're going to put pressure on you until you change it because mm-hmm. systems don't want to change. I mean, systems are, you know, usually outdated by the time they're in place. It feels like, you know, we're talking about some very old institutions here. They don't want to change. They're not trying to change. The only way change is going to happen is with pressure from us. Right. So 
the medical schools are not going to change it on their own without pressure. Um, our government is not going to change this. Um, the, the companies, the corporations, the, you know, the executives who behave this way are not going to change it on their own accord. Mm-hmm. They will change it only with pressure on their pocketbooks and their political power right. and, um, or perceived political power. And so I think that that really is the call right now. And it's, it's, it's all hands on deck as far as I'm concerned. And so I don't think we can separate any of this. You know, it's important that we be talking about this as we are talking about doing our own personal work and being in our pleasure and our desire and all of that juicy, yummy, delicious stuff that we should be able to talk about. Um, and that should not be eclipsed by us only focusing on violence and dangers that, you know, and, and um, the fears and anxiety around sexuality, which, of course, is at a very high level right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to also be able to talk about that, that pleasure piece and the empowered piece. Otherwise, they win. Right. And um, they're not going to win. <laughs> if you and I have anything to do with it. Yeah, I know a lot they are not going to win. Now, you yeah. said something interesting. You And, and we're going to talk you know, more in detail about what like your Fire Women program is exactly about. But we know the outcome that you know women come out empowered. And you said, you know, when you throw them into the world empowered, we all know how it is, right? You mm-hmm. get into that space and you're like, yeah, and you know, you're reclaiming back your stuff and you have that energy and you have that renewed like, you know, chutzpah. And then you get back out into the world and you just get crushed from every angle and it's it's yeah. so disheartening and i know you know and i and i want to reiterate for the listeners you know we've been talking a lot you know with the Kavanaugh thing about sexual assault that sexual assault happens to people of all genders and men as well um and but we're what we're focusing on right now is not only sexual assault but like how that affects women and gender non-conforming people specifically or female identified people specifically because there's a lot more at play culturally and societally and 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 all of that that goes on so you know, we get back out into the world and we're hit with every turn. I know the big one is like, from men, why do y'all hate men so much? You know, hashtag not all men. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Um, You know, wh- why are you such a hater? Anytime you bring up the word, like the dreaded word patriarchy, like people's oh eyes God. glaze over like, yeah. oh God, the feminists are talking again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would love it if people would actually study a little more what patriarchy is and understand that it actually harms all of us and we're all in it. Like it's just not even a question. Right. It's so not define about like for me. What is like define the simple definition for people that maybe think they know but don't. What is patriarchy? Patriarchy is I I love the definition by Carol P. Christ. I think it is the best definition of patriarchy that I have seen. Um I don't have it in front of me, so I'll paraphrase it. Essentially mm-hmm. She, she's a feminist scholar and um, women's spiritual uh, leader. Mm-hmm. And so she's really, she's studied uh, theology and, um, and women and uh, has written extensively about patriarchy. Patriarchy is the use of basically land grabs, right? Colonialism, mm-hmm. the, the use of like taking land um, maintaining power over, you know, basically colonizing peoples, maintaining power over those people by 
um, creating systems of ownership of the land that are then passed down through their heirs. And they do that through both the use of religious symbols and through the control of women's sexuality. Hmm. Like those are explicitly the tools of patriarchy. Right. And so if we give a crap about, about women's sexual agency and all of us having our own sense of, of agency over our bodies and our sexuality and our desire and what happens to us, then we should care about that. Right. And we can look at all kinds of things over history and look at, you know, I mean, what war has ever been fought where women weren't raped as a, as a weapon of war? Right. That's patriarchy. That mm-hmm. is core patriarchy. Um, you know, watching these hearings with Christine Blasey Ford, with like majority white old men staring down at her. I saw that <laughs> She's picture. sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's harrowing. That is what patriarchy looks like. You know, yeah. yes, there are some women up there, thankfully, um, but not many. You know, so it is that maintaining of, of power and control through resources and by using power over women and women's bodies specifically, that mm-hmm. is the underpinning of patriarchy. And so we have to be able to talk about that. It's not like a, oh, I'm blaming you, you damn you patriarch, you know, like that's right. not, that's not what it's about. I mean, patriarchy hurts men as well. You know, any man who cares about women and cares about equality and cares about having a just world and a world where their daughters and their wives and their sisters and their mothers and their friends are safe and cared for should care about patriarchy right. <laughs> because yeah. we're all in it. Right. And I, you know, and I, you and I are, you know, this is our jobs. We're on the same page. You know, we know when we say toxic masculinity, we're not saying you're bad because you're a man. You know, (laughs) there, there are certain, certain characteristics and certain things that society has, um, led us to believe and bred in people that is toxic behavior. So, and I, I, I know. And it relates to gender and we need to be able to talk about that. Right. Right. If all things were equal in gender, it would be an awesome world. But guess what? They're not. (laughs) So until they are, we need to be able to talk about these things. Yeah. So for the for the men who, you know, I have a lot of men in my life who are allies. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's funny, because I'm seeing on social media today, there have been a couple Mm -hmm. people who are are very much, you know, men who are feminists and who are supportive. And, and they're really, I can see them like peeling back the onion layers, like someone was saying today, like, holy shit, I look back on the person I was 10, 20 years ago. And Mm -hmm. I was horrible, like, I'm horrified at the Mm -hmm. person that I was. And, you know, now that I see these things, I can't unsee them, and I can't unlearn them. And, and I'm Mm -hmm. thankful that that there are so many men really starting to see like, whoa, shit's fucked up. And it's it's fucking everybody up. It's not just, you know, um, but yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, Oh, man, but you just peeled back one onion layer and your mind Mm -hmm. is blown you haven't even mm-hmm. peeled back all of the other ones. <laughs> like, you have just I mean, started. Kind of less, so what yeah. What advice do you give yeah. to, to those men who are allies in this situation to be supporting women in their lives? Yeah, you know, and I think I will, I will speak to that in a second. I do want to speak to something as you were talking that 
that feels important to say, which is Mm -hmm. that I think part of why a lot of men in particular, not just men, people of different genders, but I think men in particular are having such a strong reaction. And I just really want to acknowledge the pain of this is that just as you just said, sometimes when we look back and we're like, Oh my God, I can't believe who I was then. Or I didn't have a consciousness about that. Or I did that thing. I mean, almost all of us have violated someone's consent at Mm -hmm. some point in our lives, whether it was sexual or, or in some other way. I mean, I, I certainly have, we all have. Right. Um, and a lot of times we did it when we didn't know better, you know, whether it was just like, Oh my God, running up and like making someone hug you that you didn't want to hug. Right. Um, who didn't want to be touched by you and didn't give you permission to touch their body. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that we violate consent on a regular basis. And I think that part of what's happening right now, and I do have a lot of compassion for this because I've, I've also really watched it a lot with the students that I've interviewed for at your cervix who have done things that they feel bad about is that I think that there's then this internalized shame of, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I've done something to hurt somebody and I feel bad about it, but I don't know what to do about it. And so then I get defensive and push back rather than humbling myself. Um, And some people are humbling themselves and really acknowledging. And I think, I think that's very helpful for men to do that, to say, man, I have participated in some of these dynamics, you know? And so I thought like that, those threads that were happening for a while. And again, I'm forgetting all the hashtags now, um, (laughs) but where men shared, you know, or people who had been, who had violated consent, right. Mm -hmm. Shared things they had done that didn't feel good from that end, you know, that they can see more clearly now that's important. You know, that's important for everyone's healing. And that's part of why I love, doing the live retreats and the live events is because it gives people a chance to be witnessed. Like we all need to be witnessed. We all need to be heard and, and sometimes to just get it off our chest and not be holding it for ourselves because as we're holding it in, that builds our shame around Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't release it. And so it does need to be released in order to do the healing and the reconciliation that needs to happen. And so I think what's happening right now is there's just these big open wounds in people because all of this, this underbelly is being exposed and people are being forced to look at things that maybe they haven't looked at, they haven't wanted to look at, they forgot about whether they were, you know, victim, survivor or perpetrator or Mm -hmm. bystander. You know, I think there's also a lot of guilt around I've just stood by and let things happen too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so then you are an accomplice, you are a part of that. And so I think we all have things to reckon with right now and getting defensive and just deciding that like, you know, enough of this me too thing. It's like, yeah, we'd love to say enough, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, we'd love to have a different world where we didn't have to deal with this, but Hey, guess what? This is like, so pervasive that it is the part of the majority of women's experiences and, and the experience of a lot of people of other genders as well. Right. So I really think that the healing has to start there. And so I would say for all allies, being willing to look at yourself honestly, and not as a way of taking away from a survivor's space to do her or his or their healing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that work has to be done in order for you to show up fully as an ally. And so it's like working with a therapist, um, going to healthy men's groups where, 
um, where people are working through this, you know, engaging in transformative justice processes. I mean, those things are happening more and more. And so I think all of us have to take part in that. Um, and then I would just say more generally is to freaking listen to women and stop like debating them and belittling them for speaking up. And, you know, I think a lot of times people mean well, but then they end up taking up space that really needs to be that survivor's space. Right. And being able to be present and listen and really take it in without just like getting defensive and thinking about the next thing you're going to say, like is important as ever in a situation with a survivor. You know I mean? That's always important. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think we have a long way to go on that. You know, last week when I sent out the email about, I believe Christine Blasey Ford, a man wrote me back and all he wrote was you are an idiot. And then he unsubscribed from my list. And I was like, wow. Okay. So I wrote him back. I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm going to write him back. I wrote him back and I said, why do you think it's okay to speak to me that way? Especially when what I was talking about in the email I sent out was that women need to be listened to and respected. And I'm talking about these gendered issues. And then here you are trying to shut me down by calling me a name. Um, And he wrote back to his Mm -hmm. credit. He did write back. However, when he wrote back, he said, you know, he said, he apologized. He said, well, I apologize for being obnoxious, but you didn't address my thing about how this is a political move and blah, blah, blah. And he just kept going on about the politics. Wow. And I thought about it. I was like, no, I'm going to write him back again. Like, you know, once in a while, it's like, there is like, I will take the time to just like, I'm going to engage with this person. You know, you know it's funny. I was just talking about this on social media because the trolls are out in full mm-hmm. form today. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I put a, up a post like, hey, you know, don't engage with the trolls. They're, you know, trying to get a rise out of you. They're not trying to be good people. They're not trying to be logical. They're trying to piss you off. And then I was, I followed up with a tweet. I'm like, caveat unless you really want to engage with them, because sometimes it's just cathartic to be like, no, we're going to have this conversation. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'm like, no, I'm talking to you now. Yeah. Well, and my assumption is that if he's been on my list, if he's been on my mailing list and following me, he has a sense of who I am and my politics. And, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to engage you because I, I'm going to uphold you to a higher standard than that. Right. And, um, and so I wrote him back and I said, you know what? It's actually not okay for you to just put this in the, the um, category of you were just being obnoxious. What I, what I really hope that you could see is that this wasn't about you just being obnoxious. This actually is a part of the problem that mm-hmm. men think that it's okay to shut women down when they don't like what they have said or when they disagree. And that is what you've done. And then when I brought it to your attention, you wrote it off as being obnoxious. It's not obnoxious. It is actually part of the problem. It is part of toxic masculinity and the way that these gender dynamics happen. And if you're doing this with me, who you don't even know, and you might feel like you know because you read my stuff, but like you don't, you don't even know me and you're treating me this way. I can only imagine how you do this with women in your life. And I really hope that you'll look at that. Um, I didn't hear back from him and I don't expect to, and that's fine. I mean, I've said what I need to say. Right. You know, but it is interesting to me. It's just like, wow, like all of a sudden, because we have a different perspective, you're going to like call me an idiot. Like, really? That's not okay. That's not okay. And of course, much worse has happened. 
Oh yeah. You watch the Twitter and the, you know, but this was just like one person. Um, and I felt like there was a, an opening to have a conversation. So I hope that he, he thought about that, but I really want to encourage men to create a little bit more of an analysis of like, what's going on in that dynamic, what's going on in your reaction to women speaking out, Mm -hmm. you know, and the way that you're speaking to them and listening or not listening, (laughs) you know, believing or not believing. Yeah. And I do want to I do want to say, actually, I'm on your email list. And I really enjoy your weekly emails. So listeners, I'll put in the show notes like where they can sign up for your emails, because I, I really do enjoy them. Um, oh, thank you. Yay. Hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early bonus stories from guests and access to our private patreon feed so you're thinking about it you want to know more check out all the details at patreon.com slash american sex p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash american sex Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water those are the best orgasm ever so all right your sexual empowerment coach you do these retreats and I know like I had seen you, you did like a Ted talk, right? And, and basically, you know, you, you had talked about how we all feel like we're broken, that there's something wrong with us and really we're not broken. It's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of our framework and our system and our society and everything around us that's broken with the way mm-hmm. we look at sex, the way we look at gender, the way we look at relationships. So when these women, you know, first come to you, to go into your program, whether it's a live retreat or whether it's, um, you know, coaching or whatnot, where are they at? Are they all kind of at the same place? Are they like, what do you typically see are the biggest issues and hurdles? I'm so glad you asked that because I've been noticing a disconnect lately. It's like people seem to have this idea that if someone is going to work with a sexual empowerment educator or go to a retreat like firewoman that they're just like broken and repressed and abused and, you know, and there's something like deeply wrong. Mm -hmm. And actually that's not the case at all. I actually think for people where there's something that's like more acute and deeply wrong going on in terms of 
something that's happened to them and something they need to heal from, they're actually not ready for this work. Um, hmm. And I, I refer them to therapists. I think that, you know, that would be a better step before coming to do work with me. The women that come work with me um, and non-binary folks that show up are, you know, they've done some work on themselves. Like they're not new to sexual development. Uh, mm-hmm. I always say like, I'm not your first stop on self-transformation highway. You know, they've, they've done the therapy, the yoga, you know, the coaching, the spiritual practices, you know, whatever um, has been their, their journey around their healing. And this is really about going to the next level of really owning their full power and learning what that means. Mm -hmm. And so I think like the people that show up, it runs the gamut from um, women that want to be more in their bodies that really are living from the neck up and are not connected to their bodies and their pleasure and have shut all of that down for any number of reasons, any number of reasons. I mean, we, you know, our, I mean, look at what we're watching right now. Like our sexuality is always on trial in a way. So there's lots of reasons why women will shut down feeling good in their bodies because we don't get a lot of permission for that. So I think there's a lot of that. Um, I think the other really big one is around desire. I -hmm. think a lot of women are in a lot of pain about desire because we are taught to follow the desires of men and we are taught to follow this really narrow idea of sexuality and pleasure and it doesn't fit for most people and it leaves a lot to be desired. And so I think what ends up happening also when so many of us have had non-consensual experiences around sexuality maybe haven't learned a lot of skills around how to talk about it. People just don't know what they want. And there's right. a lot of pain about that. I'm sure you hear stories about that all the time yourself. Like I've lived it. I've, I didn't yeah. know what I wanted until I was 35. If someone were to say, you know, to me, what do you like sexually? Or what's your, you know, biggest, hottest sexual fantasy? Right. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell. And it wasn't like I wasn't thinking about it. Like I think long and hard and I was just so, it felt so foreign to me that I was like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever given me the space to have that before. I didn't know I could, you know, and I didn't even realize it was missing. I had fooled myself into thinking that, you know, like you had said, the, the the partners in my life, largely the men in my life, whatever they wanted, well, that's what I wanted. I didn't even realize that mm-hmm. I could have a voice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's exactly that, you know. There's like this hammering outside. <laughs> it's just so loud. Me. I'm like, it's of fine. course you needed to hammer right now, didn't you? <laughs> it's fine. It's it's a sex podcast. There's lots of getting hammered. It's fine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bumping. I, I did want to mention before we get too far away from it and listeners go back and rewind when we were talking about, um, you know, men having that knee jerk reaction to like, I've done some bad shit. And it's not just men. Like you said, everybody's done non-consensual stuff. Everybody has done stuff because they didn't know better. That probably was pretty shitty, but we didn't realize it. But go back and listen to that conversation. And instead of gender, superimpose race, because a Mm -hmm. lot of what you were saying completely mirrors what's going on in the race conversation right now in America. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I, I call them the liberal pink pussy hat wearing, you know, like I'm, I'm not 
racist. But then the minute you bring it up, it's like, how dare you? But mm-hmm. we've all done some shit. Like everybody has been there at one point or another in their lives. So listeners go back and listen to that and superimpose the race conversation because it's so similar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have to be willing to look at these things and, you know, and it's painful. I mean, at the end of the day, it's painful. Of course, people don't want to look at it. Right. You know, and I think for a lot of women that come in to do this work on themselves, there is like a lot of pain in like the ways that maybe they feel like they've forsaken themselves or not been able to stand up for themselves, not been able to really own their power and their voice. And, um, you know, it is what it is. And now we move forward and now we figure out how to do it differently. Right. And I think that just people are just missing fundamental skills around sexuality because there's not a lot of places to learn those skills, you know? So um, I love getting to work with people around that and really help them shift their perspective. You know, so I think that, you know, and then there is a faction of people that are like, okay, I have some healing work that I want to do in order to like get to that full place of empowerment. And so that's fine too. Um, And that is a part of it. um, But it certainly isn't the central thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that, everyone needs help with their sexuality at some point in their lives. And I wish people would just understand that, that like, it's not like, it's like, Oh my God, there's a flaw with me that I need help with sex. Cause it, that's, those feelings are usually based on this false idea that we're just supposed to know. Right. We're just supposed to know about sex. We're just supposed to get it. And we're just supposed to know how to orgasm. We're just supposed to understand our bodies and, and we're just supposed to have great sex. And how would you know how to do that? if you've never really learned the skills around that. I mean, that's why there's so many great sex educators teaching awesome skills. And we all need that at some point, you know, or we'll all be in a sexual relationship that gets wonky at some point. You know, a friend of mine wrote to me today and was like, could I get a, could I get a recommendation for a therapist for me and my partner? You know, it's like, you know, a dear friend of mine, like everybody is going to have a time where they're going to need that. Right. So just normalizing that. Yeah. (laughs) What people don't realize as well is, and I get this a lot, you know, I teach sexual technique classes, you know, like Mm -hmm. blowjob, hand sex, which people need, need, however, and, and we had just talked to Stella Harris a couple interviews ago, and she said the same thing that when people come to class, it's like, well, I can tell you all the hand job tricks in the world. And it's only going to get you so far. Like the number one thing you need to learn is like how to be self-aware, how to communicate with your partner, all that ooey gooey, sticky, emotional stuff that we avoid is the foundation of like how to give a better bull job. Like you, you you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people don't realize that. And, and yeah, ambush is a bad word. I don't ambush people, but it's like people come in like, hey, I, I just want to learn a couple, you know, cunnilingus techniques. And it's like, we're going to talk about communication now. And they're like, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're going to talk about the psychology of blowjobs from the giver and the receiver's perspective. What? You know, but then they go through it and they're like, holy shit. Yeah, I really did need to think about this stuff before I, you know, did like the whatever the moves is, you know, the lollipop or whatever, you know right. what I mean? Yep. Um, I want to go back to something that you talked about, because I hear this a lot and when people are talking about um, sexual empowerment, especially recovering from trauma and, you know, sort of mm-hmm. setting things straight and getting in touch with your own needs is the, you know, not feeling connected to your body, this like not mm-hmm. in your body concept. Can you 
explain like exactly what that like feels and looks like? Like, what do you mean when you say you're disconnected from your body and your pleasure? Well, I mean, the the different ways people will describe describe it are like that literally sometimes that they've left their bodies, right. Which is called dissociation. Mm -hmm. Um, and most trauma survivors, um, know what that is because a lot of times that's how we survived it. You know, we left our bodies in order to get through it and survive it. And we needed that for our own, you know, psychological protection. Mm Mm-hmm because it would be so painful to have been there. And so then we start to, so then it's like we've rewired ourselves. So then like we leave during sex, even when it's consensual sex, if, if that association is there and all of that healing hasn't really been able to fully happen. So I think there literally is a feeling of leaving the body. And then I just also think it's like, like, you know, I'll hear from my clients all the time, things like, you know, they're, they're not used to feeling things in their body and taking bodily cues right? Mm. They're used to just thinking their way through things. And we can't think our way through everything. Um, you know, we need our minds for lots of things. And, and our discernment is very, very important. And part of that discernment, and part of our decision making, and a lot of our information comes through the body. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not really aware of our body, and how our body gives us signals, and how to read those signals, and then communicate our needs based on those signals, then we're going to end up in situations that aren't going to feel good, but we're not going to know what to do. Right. And so I think that's a very common scenario for people. And I think in, in our modern world, it's like, we're all, you know, overworked, overscheduled, you know, maybe doing like a lot of us, maybe heavy, intense, like brain work all day long. And so it, so then there's just other ways in which we're living our lives. It also just makes it hard to be in our bodies. You know, it's like, did you do your yoga this morning? Did you get away from your computer for a few times today to stretch or just to take a walk or, you know, like, I think that, I think we're really in a desperate time around that. Like we need to be honoring our bodies better um, Mm -hmm. because we're just not as productive when we don't either. Right. So I think a lot of companies are getting hit to that and they're like offering more things, you know, for self care and things like that, which is great. I think that's great. And I think we all have to take that upon ourselves. So I really think that there's just ways in which for a lot of people, it hasn't been safe to be in their bodies. You know, even if it's just like, you're just so tired of being harassed and catcalled and like, you know, or grabbed or, you know, whatever, that it doesn't feel safe to be in your body. And so then people will hide their bodies with clothes or just like really disconnect. Right. So, you know, it's a process to just reconnect and just be like, yeah, I want to fully inhabit my body and my pleasure and enjoy being in my body and love my body. You know, it's like, it's not a cliche thing. It's, it's actually a really deep, deep process. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's like something that solely women experience. I think people of all genders experience this in different ways. Mm -hmm. So during your retreat, because it's a whole, this like is a whole weekend retreat Mm -hmm. that you do, right? Three days. So what types of things do you do? Like, do you actually do exercises where people get in their body? Like what Mm -hmm. happens there? Yeah. People are always like, what happens? Yeah. It seems like the secret, like, oh, women are doing women-y things. They're going to come out all empowered. (laughs) It's It's pretty extraordinary. I, 
you know, I can't explain all of it in words because some of it is just like, you just really need to be there. And, um, you know, I teach in a very experiential way. I very much believe in experiential teaching. Um, one of my favorite experiential exercises I do is I take people through their own sexual lifeline and I do a whole exercise where, we tell the sexual story of everybody in the room and we do it on this big timeline. Um, And so this is at the fire garden in San Diego, which will be outdoors. And so we did it there last year. And so we like literally hung a line all the way, like across from one tree to another. And it was full of these cards with these stories. And it's so powerful. I can't even, you know, it's hard to even explain how powerful that is to then be able to go through and look at like, wow, like there are all these individual stories that make up this collective story. Um, I would really like to do this as like an art installation at some point somewhere. I'm looking for the right place to do it. So if anyone that sounds to amazing, let me know. It's amazing. So I do things like that. You know, I do everything from like, you know, meditations and then, you know, there's like work that we have women do with each other around healing and getting more into their bodies. Um, definitely embodiment practices. And then we do a lot of play as well, you know, at night. Yeah, my favorite is play. Yeah, we have to be doing the play. Yeah. It can't be all serious. Yeah, so we do the sexual archetype ritual um, on Friday night where I invite people in to come play the archetypes. We, we do like 12 different archetypes and we have real women who are trained to be able to do this, um, play these archetypes and, and hold the space of that archetype so that the women can actually interact with them as real people. So it's like, you can go talk to the femme fatale. You can go talk to the wild woman. You can go talk to the butch. You can go talk to the mother. Right. Um, so there's like 12 of those that we do and it's just really powerful. I've been doing that. This will be my ninth one. I think I've been doing Mm -hmm. that over the last like eight years. And it is just so amazing what happens in that every time it's different. Um, yeah. And then we do an erotic carnival on Saturday night where teachers come in and teach all these different erotic skills and you literally get carnival tickets. Like you can go around and like, you know, I'll go over here with Sunny and learn about blowjobs, you know, and then I'll go over here with, you know, with Triambica and learn about this thing or, you know, so we have all these rocking teachers, um, teaching everything from like flirtation and communication skills to, you know, spanking or, um, sensation play or how to work a cock or how to work a yoni, you know? And so, so what I love about that is it, it's a no pressure situation and it's truly make your own adventure. Like you don't want to learn about cocks. You don't have to do that. (laughs) You know, don't go over there. Skip the cock ride. Yeah. (laughs) Go to something else and you get to just like go learn things in a no pressure situation where it's just fun practice, open communication with these teachers. You get to just like talk with them play with things, you know, it's not like we're not having sex with each other. You're just, you're getting to learn and there's no partner there. That's like putting on the pressure or like expecting something from you, which, which gets in the way a lot of people like practicing and, and getting better at their skills. Because I think when that pressure is on, it's like, Oh God, I don't want to do it wrong. Or I don't want to not, you know, I don't want to disappoint them. And so I think a lot of times people are so worried about that, that they, they'll avoid things or just not even try things because they're so afraid of how their partner's going to react or mm-hmm. how they're going to be judged or they're not going to be good enough or whatever. So right. 
the erotic carnival is just, it's amazing. And um, yeah, I would love to have you come some year if you want to come. Oh my God, I you would, would love amazing. that. Yeah. yeah, come play an archetype and be an erotic carnival teacher. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, so yeah, so it's, and then, and then there's a lot of ritual, you know? So for mm-hmm. me, it's like all the things I love. It's, it's play and it's sacred theater and it's ritual. Um, I'm a very spiritual person. And so I really bring that spiritual piece to the work that we're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's deep transformative teachings and collaboration and healing work. So it's a lot of different things. And yeah, I think a lot of people have that question. They're just like, what happens? Yeah, like that? that sounds really, now I'm like, ooh. This sounds really cool. So I'm imagining. I'm a. I would love to. Oh my goodness! You know, and I've been to lots of different sexuality events and retreats, and and you know, so I I get a sense for like, I don't know to describe it to listeners who haven't been to an event like that. It's sort of like. When you were a little kid, if you ever went to like overnight camp and you spent a week mm-hmm. meeting new friends and then like mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're leaving, you you feel like you've just you've changed and transformed and you met these new friends and you're crying because you're now a different person and life is mm-hmm. so great. It's like that, but on like super drive adults expert level kind of. Um mm-hmm. So I can imagine, I can only, I probably can't even imagine how amazing it is. But so all of these people who go to this retreat come out feeling like that, you know, last day of camp, I've transformed, everything's great. And, and, you know, as we talked about before, they come back and they integrate back into the rest of the world. And more importantly, integrate back into maybe relationships where their partner, you know, wasn't at the event. So mm-hmm. what kind of tools or things do they need? Or are they given to like, then integrate what they've learned back with their partner without having that, like, I'm embarrassed now, or maybe you won't understand how transformative this weekend is because I can't explain to you. So I'm not going to bring this stuff back to our relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that people do sometimes have legitimate fears about that. Right. Of like, well, what if I'm different? And then what's that going to mean with my partner or my relationship? And it's like, that's just true for any growth, you know, like, when you grow, your relationship, your closest relationships by nature have to change because you've changed. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and I think we need to not fear that. We need to embrace that. Um, yeah, it, it may force your partner to have to grow a little bit. Okay. So, Which is good. It's like, it's, great. It's, it's a little painful, but it's a good pain because then the outcome exactly. is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, you know, and I do think that you know, sometimes partners are really resistant and don't want to do anything different. And and so then that's a whole other problem. <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. that's just a whole other issue that needs to be addressed. Right. Because and then maybe you need to go back else. to therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know, and and, and work that out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So closing yeah. out, you know, I'm going to come back full circle because we started with the shit show that's going on oh with, with Kavanaugh and show, we're all is. just raw and like, yeah. like I was having earlier today, it just it it just like blindsided me, but I was having kind of, you know, like PTSD, like I got a really bad headache and I was nauseous mm. and I was shaky and I was like on edge yeah. and I'm, and I didn't really recognize. I was mm. like, why do I feel so shitty? And then I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> Yeah. So I've literally felt shitty for the last two weeks. It's yeah. just been like, how am yeah. I accomplishing anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all of us who are in that 
space right now and trying to cope, Mm -hmm. what can all of us do right here, right now? And again, we're recording this on Thursday. We don't know what the world's going to be like on Monday when this actually Mm -hmm. releases. But what can we do right here, right now to help us cope? get through whatever it is do you have some some wise words of wisdom yeah i mean i don't know if i have anything super different but just you know like do the self-care things that you know work for you um i think more than ever we need self-care around our relationship to technology like be willing to unplug uh be willing to block people that are assholes like feel free to use that block button very freely (laughs) You know, like you don't owe anybody anything. Don't Mm. feel guilty about your feelings or what's coming up. Make sure that you surround yourself with people that are going to be supportive and are going to listen and, and can just be with you in it, you know, and get outside, get outside, get into nature, get fresh air, take walks, you know, exercise, like do things that get you into your body and out of like the news cycle, because, I mean, it's maddening. It's maddening. And it is that train wreck that's like hard not to watch, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that for our own self-care, we do have to just pull ourselves away. Like don't keep your phone in your bedroom. So you're not tempted to be like looking at it right before bed, like unplug, you know, at least an hour before you're going to go to sleep. Like turn your phone. I turn my phone on airplane mode at night. I want to hear my phone. smart, Smart. Yeah. And that's me. I've been like, when you um you know you're watching the scary movie and you have your hands over your face but then yeah, you're peeking right. be- between your fingers right. that's been me i'm like yeah. i can't i'm Sorry done with this to. and then i'm like what's going on now I know. Like- <laughs> I know it's like it's like i have to be informed this is what i teach about you know but yeah i mean we all need breaks like this shit is hard you know and yeah yeah i think like surround yourself by people that you know are like thinking critically and you know are are able to be present and kind and, you know, it's, it's painful a lot of what's Mm -hmm. happening. And I think we all have to set the boundaries that we need and, and just give ourselves permission to do that. Don't make yourself feel bad about needing that at all. Not for one second. And one little, one little tech tidbit too, you talked about blocking and some people have a lot of anxiety over blocking. Most social media functions have a, um, what is it? A mute where like the mm-hmm. person won't know that you've, you know, you haven't technically blocked them, but you can just like put them on mute for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So you don't see their stuff. So use that too. Yeah. So then another question I Some have people need is, to be muted. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. I wish I had that in real life. Sometimes I could just like press the mute button. <laughs> I know like a remote control for people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm like, wow, um, you're really mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know like me being a very self-aware person was even going through stuff I didn't even realize I was going through at first. You're know, like, yeah. why am I feeling shitty? And there's a lot of people out there that are probably feeling real funk ass yeah. that may not even be able to put their finger on why they're feeling funk ass. So that's that's a whole mm. other thing in itself. So do the self-care stuff. But then what do you suggest for partners of those people friends of those people that maybe aren't going through maybe they don't have direct experience with Mm -hmm. sexual assault or you know and i think what i'm seeing is there are a lot of people operating in the world that are kind of oblivious to the fact that people really are having these really real visceral uncontrollable reactions and not really seeing how that's playing a part in like maybe this person isn't quite feeling okay so Mm -hmm. the allies what can they do 
for people who are going through these hard times. And maybe they don't even know some of these people are, but Mm -hmm. as allies, what can they do? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question, you know, and uh, I think it's gonna be different for different people. I think, I think number one is to know your own limits and that, you know, you don't have to, you're not the fixer, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to solve all the problems. And in fact, that's counterproductive to try because that's just not your job. Um, I think especially for men, you know, that tends to be where a lot of people can go like, Oh, Mm -hmm. well, let's just fix this. Let's find the solution. And sometimes it's just, there's not a solution other than to listen, to be present, to do the things we've been talking about. And I think also to know that you can't be the sole recipient of everything your partner's going through. Um, that actually could be detrimental to relationships and sometimes is when trauma comes up. You know, I just talked with a a new client about that, you know, she's dealing with a sexual harassment case and, and it's really affecting her relationship. That's hard. It's really hard. So I think going to therapy yourself or asking your partner to go to therapy, um, in a kind Mm -hmm. way or like talking to your partner about like, why that might be important or how to garner more support and where that could come from. Um, Maybe being willing to go with them, you know, but not feeling like you have to be the one to figure it out because that's Mm -hmm. just like a tall order. No one can fill. Um, And I think, I think too often people do just really rely on their partner for all their emotional support, their financial support, their social support, their, you know, like their their physical needs, like all the Mm -hmm. need. And it's just like, that's so unrealistic. We can't do relationships like that. You will smother a relationship. So I think especially in times like these, it's like figuring out the things you can offer and offering it and then being clear and kind about your limits to yourself and to your partner and helping them get the other support they need and encouraging them is is super key. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just, you know, being being a little extra aware and I guess maybe a little easier on people, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you have a partner and they're just acting a little funky, maybe they're snapping a little bit more, maybe they're, you know, what, however it's manifesting instead of being like, why are you such a bitch? You know, (laughs) take a minute and be like, Hmm, maybe it's everything going on. (laughs) I I actually like to call that um, like assume goodwill. Like just yeah, assume exactly. goodwill right now, like reach out more to people, take, take people to take the women in your life to dinner, you know, right. um, like reach out, check up on them, like, and just assume goodwill. If they're like, mm-hmm. if they're on edge, you know, and they're exhibiting things that actually, if you think about it, could be PTSD symptoms, not just that they're being a bitch or mean, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. have that compassion and assume that there's goodwill there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's great advice for any time. Totally this week, but any time, <laughs> especially yeah. now. But yes, any time. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm I'm totally like I want to be a firewoman now. Oh Maybe we'll be a firewoman one day. That's my, my aspiration. Um, but for all of those people listening who are like, I want to be a firewoman. Um, where yeah. can they find out more? Like, what other things do you offer aside from like this weekend retreat? Do you do anything else or have any other resources they can access along these lines? Yeah. I mean, listen, we're two weeks out. It's not too late to come to firewomen. We've got amazing women coming from different parts of the world. Um, 
it is such an incredible three days. So if you can get there, it is October 12th through the 14th. Actually, on the 11th, uh, our friend Ariel Clark is going to be teaching her how to be a woman and not give a fuck Yay, workshop we had as her a pre-con. A few weeks ago, yeah. yeah. So she's going to do that as a pre-con on the 11th. So it's the 11th through the 14th, and uh, it's in San Diego, California. You can go to firewomanretreat.com and you can find out all the info. Uh, and if you, yeah, if you just want to follow me and learn more about my programs, you know, I offer a 10 month program that's also called fire women because I wrote a book called women on fire. So we've got all the fire theme happening over here. Oh yeah. And you, you have some other great books like lesbian sex secrets for men mm. and like all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So amyjogoddard.com is just like the main hub. And uh, if you have questions or you want to find out more about my programs, definitely go there and you can pop us an email at morepleased at amyjogoddard.com. We'd love to to support you and talk to you if there's work that you feel like you're ready to do or if the things we've been talking about today really resonate. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank awesome. you for asking. And, <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, as always for those listening, if you didn't catch all that, don't, you know, think you have to scramble to write it down. All of those links and all that information will be in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com so you can get it all. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Amy Joe. This has been honestly, you know, yes, it's been a great interview, but personally, I feel better because I was like feeling sort of at the end of my rope and feeling really frazzled and coming undone and just having this conversation to know like, oh, you're all frazzled too. I'm not the only one who made me feel better. So thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. It's always so good to talk to you, Sunny. Thank you so much for having me on. You as well. Alrighty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.